0: our uh, group help my faith journey in you know, a couple of ways so it's uh, most uh, most of it is uh, a very safe place that uh, we can share and uh, our journey uh, to get closer to God and uh, also it's uh, a place to hear some um, very important messages for people uh, beginners of the uh, believers, so in uh, different ways. Mm. Uh, Al Alpha, I discovered uh, it's an it's a, it's a amazing place, we share our stories, and we share our happiness and sadness, and uh, it's a place I can feel God's love showering on all of us, and uh, to let us to become part of the journey and together. So it's an uh, amazing place to listen stories and uh, to be listened by others. So the leaders uh, at our group, they are just fantastic. They are not teachers, but the friends. And they love uh, your jokes and uh, they uh, hand you t-shirts when you cry. And they offer cookies and coffees with you. And uh, they'll be hand in hand with you uh, when you need them. So at our group, we share our up and downs. We share our laughs and tears. And then we share our homemade yummy food too. So uh, after the, the group, we became brothers and sisters and we not only feel the love of God, and we also feel the love of each other. I love this group. I believe you will too.
1: Thank you, Leon, for sharing your experience uh, at Alpha. I thank God for your journey. Um, If you're here this morning, and if you are praying for a loved one to come, and experience a relationship with Jesus, I would encourage you, never give up. Leon's wife didn't give up. And we prayed day after day at every prayer gathering. And it was amazing, one Easter, as Leon came to church and he said, "Mm, I'm here today, but I'm not sure I'll be there tomorrow, next Sunday. But slowly we saw him coming because he experienced a life transforming power of Jesus. So if you're here this morning, and if you have questions about your faith, or why are you even here? What's your purpose? What's the meaning in life? Or if you have questions about who is this Jesus? Who is the Holy Spirit? I would definitely encourage you to sign up and come journey with us. If you need more information, there's information out in the ministry corner. Gabby will be there. And you can grab one of these cards and take it home, read. And I'll invite you to join this at September. Your life will never be the same. Good morning, I'm Anna Anandarajan, the Care and Groups Ministries pastor here at The Bridge. And uh, it's been my joy to prepare for this morning and come sh- and share God's word with you. It's so lovely to see the guests this morning and I, um, it's such a joy to see babies being dedicated, and Pastor Sam, you showcase babies so well. <laughs> it has, as Pastor Sam um, mentioned, it has been our prayer that you are blessed through this current sermon series on finding and fulfilling our unique purpose in life by discovering how God has shaped us how God has uniquely shaped us. Discovering our specific purpose in life opens the amazing opportunity to use what God has given us to serve others in our generation and to fulfill our ultimate purpose in life. At the beginning of the sermon series, Pastor Brian recommended Eric Rees's book titled Shape. If you are yet to pick up this book, I would highly recommend it. I had the chance to read through this book while on sabbatical this month, and it was very encouraging and it affirmed my journey. Almost 22 years ago, as a church, we went through the book, Purpose Driven Life. Many of you may know. It's a book by Rick Warren. It was a memorable experience for me, as in small groups, where most people in my group were new to faith, we discussed the question, why am I here in this earth for? In his book, Rick Warren illustrates five purposes that God has for every one of us, for all of us. We were planned for God's pleasure. And when we come together and worship him, like what we did this morning, we bring pleasure for God when we worship him. And we were formed for family. So when we come together and fellowship with one another, it brings God pleasure. Yesterday, all my five kids were together in one room and they were fellowshipping with each other and enjoying each other. And as I was cooking, when I looked at it, it brought me great joy. Just imagine how much more it would be for God when He sees us fellowshipping with each other. We were created to be like Christ and to grow up in Him and mature as we follow Him. That is discipleship. We were placed in this earth to make a contribution through service, that is to leave a mark when we end our life here in this world and that is, God shaped us uniquely for ministry. And lastly, we were called to fulfill a special mission. That is to share the good news of Jesus Christ. So we were called to worship, fellowship, for discipleship, ministry, and mission. At the end of the book, one of the questions that challenged me to reflect long and hard was the question, what will be the contribution of my life? What is the mark that I am going to leave on behalf of Jesus at the end of my life? The shape concept that we are going through this summer sermon series helps us answer the question and helps us to identify as to how each of us are equipped to make a contribution in this world. As we have seen, the shape points to five characteristics. I'm just going to quickly recap as to how God has shaped us for ministry, that is, God has blessed us with spiritual gifts, he has given each of us special passions, and then he has blessed us with abilities, talents, when we were born, and P, the personality. The special way God has wired each of us to navigate life and fulfill our unique purpose in God's kingdom. So when today we look at how God has shaped us with unique experiences to make a contribution in this life. That is, those parts of our past, both positive and painful which God intends to use in great ways. I so appreciated uh, Dilshan and Rachel and the worship team leading us in the song, The Battle Belongs to God. Whatever battle that you are fighting today is your story of victory. And that's your story to tell. Because God is in it with us. Going back, reflecting on the question, what would be the contribution of my life during a time of my life when I had gone through a significant loss, several disappointments, heartache, and feeling hurt, helpless, rejected, and feeling overwhelmed with emotions was hard. And all I wanted to do at that time was to hide from people and pretend that everything was okay. I'm sure some of you may be able to relate to that now. And God helped me over a seven-year period through counseling, and attending support groups like grief care, and emotional healing, life-sealing choices, to unpack some of the significant life experiences. In some ways, to identify the roadblocks that were hindering me from recognizing God's plan and God's work in my life and to recognize the issues that caused me to feel stuck, or caused me to run away from serving God, or caused me to run away from anything that God wanted me to do. During this time, I remember very clearly, I went through seasons of learning to surrender. Everything to God, so that God can help me to get unstuck from the experiences that held me back from wholeheartedly serving Him. This meant surrendering relationships, my career, children, finances, dreams, desires. My longings, pain, regret, worry, shame, all of that, I had to learn to surrender. And it was necessary first step towards experiencing freedom and becoming the person God had intended for me in fulfilling his purpose for my life. That is to call me for ministry. This act of surrender is part of my daily routine now so that I can live a life unoffended. Andrew Murray, one of the gifted South African church leaders and writers of the 19th century writes, the absolute surrender of everything into his hands is necessary. If our hearts are willing for that, there is no limit to God, to what God will do for us or to the blessing he will bestow. Now when I look back, I can certainly see how our life experiences uniquely shape us and they are a piece of the puzzle that makes up our profile that God uses to prepare us for serving God. And God definitely helps us to gain perspective in it. If we would only turn our attention to him. Friends, there is purpose in your past. There is purpose in your past. All of us have experiences. Some are good, some are painful, and sad. I want you to realize that all these experiences have shaped who you are today, whether you like it or not. What God longs to do is to use all of your experiences, both good and bad, to help you grow spiritually and mold you into the likeness of Jesus and shape you for the unique purpose He has in your life. God doesn't even want any one of your experiences to be wasted. So the ball is on our court. We need to decide whether we will wallow in self-pity over what has happened, or rise victoriously and let God use what has happened to us to minister to others. Will we question His love and doubt His plan for our life? Or will we trust in His sovereignty and rely on His faithfulness? Will we use our circumstances as an excuse for not serving? Or will we step out in faith, relying on His grace, His power, and the victory that He gives us? The choice is ours. What will we do? This morning, I'd like to invite you to follow along with me as I share a summarized version of one of the longest encounters with Jesus and any one other individual as described in the Gospel of John. In John chapter 4, verses 4 to 30 and 39 to 40. I would encourage you to read the encounter at home when you get home but for time's sake I'm going to read I'm only I'm unable to read the whole story but I'm going to summarize it The story of the Samaritan woman begins as Jesus is in the Judean countryside with his disciples The passage tells us that Jesus had to pass through Samaria as he was going from Judea to Galilee This in and of itself, is uncommon for Jews to do as they hated Samaritans because they were part Jew and part Gentile, and both Jews and Gentiles disliked Samaritans. We see the woman has been coming to the well for water at midday at a time when no one else would be there. As the story progresses, we learn that this woman regularly comes to the well at this time of day. She has been married five times and is currently living with her boyfriend. These circumstances point to her desire to avoid the shame that would come by attending the well when other women were present. I wonder why. You know, as women, we know, we don't gossip, don't we, right? I can relate to the woman, and yet Jesus, in His divine intentionality, sought to meet this specific woman at this specific time, going out of His way. Jesus wanted her to know that she is seen and known by Him. Jesus was asking her to do something, to give him water. And she couldn't believe it. And she thought she was not qualified to give it to him. Probably because she felt that she was a woman, a Samaritan, and a sinner, an outcast in society. Because of the culture and her background and gender, this woman was shocked that Jesus, as a man and Jew, was even speaking to her. Even though she was reluctant to give him the water, Jesus said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Something happens during the conversation between the woman and Jesus. And her eyes are opened. Jesus tells her about her life. And Jesus also revealed to her that he was the long-awaited Messiah. The Samaritan woman shunned by society would be the first to know Jesus, well-kept secret, that he was the long-awaited Messiah. The Samaritan woman's response is very profound. She didn't let nothing affected affect her. Rather, she focused on the experience she has had with Jesus. And she ran back to her community to share the good news with the very same people who shunned her, shamed her, and as a result, caused her to lead a secluded life. We read... The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman. Who testified when she said, he told me all that I ever did. One of the biggest untold lessons from the Samaritan woman is that she allowed God to use her despite her background, gender, and ethnicity, what people thought of her and how people looked at her. All she did was share her testimony, her experience with the Messiah, and God used her in a mighty way to bring salvation to the whole city. It must have taken her boldness and courage to stand in a town where she was shamed, despised, and an outcast and share the gospel. But she was a changed woman. This wasn't about her anymore, but about people's souls being saved. And that's what mattered. Drawing from the story of the Samaritan woman, I believe that God wants to use all of us to do great exploits in his kingdom. God wants to use all of us. We need to understand that God calls us first, then He qualifies us for His work. God takes all of our life experiences, whether positive or painful, intentional or accidental, caused by us or by others, to shape each of us for his calling in our life. The Apostle Paul writes, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. You don't have to know it all to do what God calls you to do. He'll equip you with the knowledge to act. The Samaritan woman boldly shared the gospel because she understood that this assignment was bigger than her. Her fear or her feelings. The priority was lives being saved by Jesus Christ. The Samaritan woman wasn't a woman who fasted, quoted scriptures, or prayed for hours. She was probably not a church leader and didn't read her Bible daily. But she didn't let her lack of spiritual qualifications stop her from sharing the good news. She shared her testimony. That's all she did. And God did the rest. God is the one who worked on people's lives. It's so important to know that it's not people who've called you to do God's work, but God himself who qualifies the called. So many of us are caught in a comparison trap. We compare ourselves with others in our church or the ones we see online who seem to have it all together and feel That we are not qualified to serve. God is not expecting us to be perfect, but He wants us to know who we are in Him so that we can fight the lies that the enemy may bring our way and let God's truth lead and guide us as His children. Remember, we are God's masterpiece, anointed Appointed and called and set apart and gifted by the Holy Spirit. Is God calling you to do something today? What I know for sure is God equips us when we obey Him. All God is looking for is willing hearts. serve him. Each of us have been shaped through our unique experiences. One of the highlights of being in ministry is to see lives being transformed right in front of us. And then those who have been impacted by Jesus step up and serve others. At this time, I'm gonna call Jan Falao, one of our co-leads for Alpha Faith Group, to come and share her story as to how God is shaping her. Welcome, Jan.
2: Thanks, Jan. Life doesn't always happen as we imagine it would. Some of you know that Thanksgiving weekend of 2018, my husband Bobby was diagnosed with cancer and five weeks later, he passed away. I started journaling on the day of his diagnosis because I wanted to remember everything that I was thinking and feeling. So I'm just going to read you little bits from my journal. October 7th, the doctor told us that it was probable Bobby had brain cancer. We were shocked, stunned, it felt surreal. It felt like we were on a TV show living out someone else's life. October 9th, yesterday Bob had a CT scan of his whole body. It looks like the cancer started in the lung. The girls and I are praying for a miracle. Although I cry tons now, I sense the power of prayer holding me up, giving me strength and peace. I want to be hopeful for the future, and yet realistic. Haven't figured out this one yet. October 18, I feel that if he were to pass away, he loses being with us on earth, but he wins as he'll be with you, God. I feel that I will be in a lose-lose situation. If Bob were to pass away, I would lose my best friend and partner, nothing to gain. November 14, I then saw his breathing, and it was the end. When he breathed his last, I knew that he wasn't there anymore, but in your presence without pain. That's the end of the journal. Uh, Looking back, one huge lesson for me was learning to choose to see God in the midst of it all. When I chose to see him, I saw and felt God's faithfulness, love, and care so clearly, like through friends and family, uh, through the gift of hospital parking passes, a thermos of my friend's chai that was a comfort in the hospital, help with the girls, and this unexplainable peace through it all. Um, Being thankful was one thing that pulled me through, and it still does. After Bobby passed away, there was the grief, the pain, and the sadness, and they still come and go at times. But I also thought, okay, God, what do you want me to do with this, this experience? I'm still discovering the answer as time goes on. I've wondered before, are all my different experiences and training shaping me for the one thing that I was meant to do? I'm learning more now that maybe the shaping part is the plan and not so much the one-thing-meant-to-do part, but that the doing part is what comes out of the shaping. Many years ago, I was involved in overseas missions work and thought that I would be doing that for the rest of my life. When that didn't happen, I felt like I'd failed. I remember my dad saying to me, it's not so much about where you serve, but about being faithful wherever you are. Another lesson for me besides choosing to see God was learning to choose to serve again. My three daughters and I started coming to the bridge in October 2019. We came not knowing many people here. Recently, the girls and I have talked about how neat it has been to experience feeling more at home at church through serving. It has also been a journey of discovering where to serve and that it's okay to start in one thing and end up in another, and that it could just be for a season. I was also surprised to realize that my serving did not all have to be centered around my experience of losing Bobby, and that God can use it in ways that I can't even imagine. I'm thankful right now to be involved with Alpha, And have really enjoyed uh, the experience of being with others who are discovering or rediscovering more of who Jesus is in the life that God has meant for us. I first heard about Alpha many years ago and it piqued my interest but I didn't do anything about it then and uh, I remember Anna mentioning Alpha a year or so ago and I was thinking no that is not for me. But it's really neat the way a year or so later, um, God has put that back in my heart. And, um, okay, here's a mini plug for Alpha. If any of you are wondering who Jesus is or would like to take the step toward reconnecting with him or rediscovering him, as Anna mentioned, there's a new Alpha group starting at the end of September. Okay, that's the end of the plug. Um, I don't know the bigger picture reason for why Bobby died and for why my girls and I went through that, but I know that God is faithful. He can bring something good out of our difficult experiences. And we may not even be aware of the good that has come, but we can choose to somehow bless others through what we've gone through. I can sometimes feel quite self-conscious and insecure in serving. Um, I need to remind myself that it's not about me. It's about God, who He is, and what He can do. Um, Thank you.
1: Thank you, Jennifer. Appreciate that. It's amazing. When we say never, that might be the very thing that God is leading you to. So. I so appreciate Jan for being willing and open for the journey. After her grief, she did grief care, and then she led grief care. And through it, we discovered her passion for Jesus, and then moved to Alpha. So, when you step out in faith, God would lead you the way as we discover the journey together. As I conclude this message, I want to leave you with the following biblical truths. That God predetermined our days because he's sovereign. And God is fully aware of what is happening in our lives and nothing escapes his notice because he's all-knowing. God cares so much about us He loves us, and He constantly thinks about us. And God always works on our behalf, not against us. He's good, and He is wise, if we would trust Him. God doesn't remove trouble from our lives, but is with us through it, giving us all we need to rise above victoriously because He's the provider. God holds on to us and is with us no matter what happens in our lives. Nothing can separate us from Him. So we can trust Him fully. Let nothing hold you back from stepping out in faith to surrender our experiences to God and ask Him to use you fully. So I'm going to ask each of you, if you are able, to stand. And we are going to pray this prayer before Dilshan leads us in worship. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I acknowledge you that you are worthy of all honor, glory, and praise. Father God, we surrender ourselves completely to you and everything that we have been through. You are always faithful, and you extend your grace to each of us constantly, even when we don't realize it. Father God, we claim your promise of forgiveness and cleansing in its fullness. Lord, may you use each of us for your glory. In faith, we receive the victory today that you may have already put in place for us. We do this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Thank you. May God bless you.